3: this is the unsportsmanlike podcast on espn radio
4: we are unsportsmanlike presented by progressive insurance progressive makes bundling easy and affordable get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle rv boat atv and more all your protection in one place bundle and save at progressive.com hope everybody had a great thanksgiving yesterday along with Chris Canty who's going to have leftover ham and Hawaiian rolls in a break yeah, today. Dallas. Michelle Smallman who does not eat leftovers. And me, Evan Cohen, who doesn't stop eating leftovers. <laughs> we are on like on ESPN Radio. So yesterday, uh, Dallas destroys Washington 45-10. 13th straight home win for the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott 331 and four touchdowns. Deron Bland with his fifth Pick six of the season. That's an NFL record. Deron Bland this year has more touchdowns than Ryan Tannehill and Daniel Jones combined. And he is one away from Zach Wilson and Kenny Pickett. He's also a defensive back. So that is <laughs> remarkable that what we have there with those with that performer. He was amazing yesterday. All right. Now, we also have the flip side of it. The flip side is Washington yet again loses. They're four and eight. CC has let you know they do not have their franchise quarterback in Sam Howell. And Ron Rivera, the commander's head coach, post-game was asked about his job security.
3: Are you worried about what could happen after this
5: game, just in terms of job security or anything like
0: that? I've told you before, I'm not worried about anything. All I'm going to do is do my job and see how things go. That's the only thing I can do.
6: And and in that evaluation with... I guess the, the obvious questions are, any staff changes with that? Does that? No. Is that part of the evaluation with that? I'm not going to get into any of that stuff.
0: Is there a time period where you do have to get into that stuff? I'm not going to get
2: into that stuff,
3: okay?
4: All right, he's trying not to give us a headline. I don't blame him there. But, CeCe, uh, so should he get into that stuff based on the performance yesterday?
2: No, he shouldn't be talking about his job security. His focus should be on trying to put his team in position to win a football game. And they haven't been doing a lot of that lately. They've lost four of their last five. And I think their only win is the win you want to hold up against the New England Patriots, your New England Patriots. That's how bad it's been for the Washington Commanders. And you're talking about their quarterback being on pace to be sacked 78 times this year. He's already been sacked 55 times through 12 games. Nobody has more giveaways than the Washington Commanders offense. They got outplayed two weeks ago, not two weeks ago, uh, two games ago on Sunday by Tommy DeVito in the New York Giants. That secondary made Tommy DeVito look like the second coming of Fran (laughs) Tarkenton. It's it's absolutely inexcusable how bad this football team is. And I guess they kind of knew what was coming which is why they had a sell-off at the trade deadline. They got rid of Montez Sweat for a second-round pick, got rid of Chase Young for a third-round pick. It didn't necessarily invoke belief that this team was going anywhere fast, but the fact that it's fallen apart the way that it has and you've been embarrassed yet again and suffering, what, your third loss by 20 or more points? It's absolutely inexcusable what we saw in yet another national standalone game from the Chicago Bears, and that's got to rub the new owner, Josh Harris, the wrong way. You got a long weekend to sit in that, but I think you also have extra time if you do think you need to make a change sooner rather than later, if for no other reason, to send a message throughout the organization about what the standard is going to be moving forward.
7: Yeah, new new ownership is the key for me excuse me in addition to what we're seeing out of the team but we knew that when Josh Harris and Magic Johnson and that group took over that they were going to put their stamp on things and they said as such that this is a new dawn in Washington we want to make sure that the new iteration of the Washington commanders of this football team and this franchise who has been in this vortex of terrible for a long time is going to be different and Ron Rivera knows that coming into this season that he's already on the hot seat basically because of the new ownership wanting to make sure that they have the right people in place and that he was going to have to have a really strong showing or at least the way that I viewed it for him to keep his job because they want to put their fingerprints all over this franchise and what we have seen has been anything but affirming if I'm that ownership group and even though Ron Rivera is a good guy and has been a good coach I just don't think there's any way that he gets out of this
4: well the evolution of this conversation is so interesting because they started the season 2-0, right? And, CC, I know before the season, you're like, hey, maybe they could be pretty decent. Maybe they can hover, go to the playoffs, whatever it may be, because the Giants weren't that good, and maybe the, you didn't think the Cowboys were going to be as good as they are currently, right? But we started having the conversation, hey, what if they are good? What if we think the offense is the reason they're good and then what do you do with Eric Bieniemy because other people are going to be calling him, mm-hmm. right? So we and then they weren't as good. They lost three games in a row: Bills, Eagles, and Bears. And we have that conversation of Rivera. Maybe he's done. Maybe you give an extended look to Eric Bieniemy. Now they're two and eight in their last ten games that they have played. They have multiple. They have two different three-game losing streaks this season. They're riding one right now, and their offense looks awful. So, if they are to make a change, conventional wisdom for a long period of time was this is enemy shot. So, I ask, is this enemy shot?
2: I don't think so. I mean, how could you give it to Eric enemy and feel good about it? Like, I, I just I don't know if that's possible. I, I mean, their offense had six turnovers. Four days ago against the New York Giants, six. Like how you can't you can't compete in the NFL, and that's I guess that's my biggest point. There have been too many games where the offense, the team as a whole, has looked non-competitive, and at some point you got to make a change. Now I just checked Magic Johnson's Twitter account, and I know it's Chat GPT when it comes to his responses to the game, but I mean it, it was. Look, when he's out here saying, listen, the Cowboys beat the Commanders, Dallas was the better team, plain and simple. I mean, mean, that really just cuts to it. You got outclassed. You got beat pillar to post. At no point did the Cowboys feel threatened. They had turkey legs in the red kettle yesterday, and they were celebrating with them after they scored touchdowns. I mean, nobody on defense offered any form of resistance to what Dallas wanted to do on the offensive end. And then their defense couldn't make any, their offense couldn't make any momentum changing plays in order to give at least some hope that they could compete. Everybody's hands are dirty with the situation in Washington. And that's why, regardless of who they might turn to, if they do in fact fire Ron Rivera, you can't feel good about the interim coaching situation. Again, I think this is an organization that's poised to clean house at the end of the season. But in looking at the remaining schedule, Ev, they may not win another game. Their season is already over, but it could get a lot uglier in terms of how embarrassing it is for new ownership.
7: So Eric Bieniemy in that offense hasn't really done anything as of late to make you feel inspired that he's the guy. No. But there's another feeling in there. It might not be inspiration, but isn't curiosity still there? isn't there still a part of you, at least it would be for me, that would think, let's just give him a shot. We know Ron Rivera is not long for this job. Why don't we go ahead and make a move and just see what it's like under Eric Bieniemy? Because he did have so much success with Patrick Mahomes. He did have so much success in Kansas City. There's been that conversation about him taking that next step to the head coach. And if it's not great, if they continue to lose out, if they continue to look like a sputtering offense, if there isn't that response from the locker room, like we're seeing with the Raiders and Antonio Pierce, it tells me a lot. But if I'm Josh Harris, if I'm Magic Johnson, I am curious. I I do have that that hint of curiosity when it surrounds Eric Biannimi.
4: That's where it gets interesting, because what you're saying is we would hire him based – we would hire the Chiefs offensive coordinator. We're not hiring our offensive coordinator. Correct. Right? That's that's kind of what you're saying because, as as CeCe has pointed out, if you're just looking at it as our offensive coordinator, he doesn't deserve the job. If you look at it as the Chiefs offensive coordinator previously, well, of course he deserves the job. But in that case, give it to Matt Nagy, who's the current Chiefs offensive coordinator.
7: Give him the Josh McDaniels treatment. Give him the Josh McDaniels treatment. Josh McDaniels went to the St. Louis Rams, was a terrible offensive coordinator there. Terrible. Looked nothing like the guy in New England, yet he still got opportunities as a head coach. Eric Bieniemy, great in Kansas City, not so great in Washington. I feel like maybe he should still get an opportunity, and to do it in an interim role is a great way for you to taste test it, so, so to speak.
4: Speaking of taste, yesterday was Thanksgiving, of, co- of course. The opposition to Dallas Cowboys, 45 10, they win that game over the Washington Commanders. And the owner slash general manager of the team, Jerry Jones, gave a breakdown post game of Dak's turkey celebration.
5: Well, if I thought we could uh, have results and him play like he is, I'll make that a staple on the sideline for a (laughs) home game. (laughs) Every home game. We can find enough turkey (laughs) if we can get to that type of play.
4: Okay, as people can see on ESPN2, he takes the, the turkey and just eating it on the sidelines all over the place after they were just destroying the commanders there. So now Jerry is— That's so disrespectful, though. <laughs> it's, so dis- it's so disrespectful. You want, So now, just to circle all back and tie it all together, do you want Rivera fired because Dak ate a turkey on the sidelines? Yes. That you're yes, so bad yes, that yes. Dak is eating Thanksgiving yes. dinner on the sidelines?
2: Yes, yes. He's about to go into a full food coma, but guess what? He ain't worried about it because there's zero chance— zero chance that the Commanders could have went in there and got a win yesterday. That's a sad state of affairs (laughs) for for an organization that's proud and for a franchise that wants to have a legitimate rivalry against the Dallas Cowboys. It's not a rivalry. At at this point, it's not a rivalry. Let's stop calling it a rivalry. It's anything but because the Commanders are non-competitive in these games. And this ain't the first time that they've been blown out on Thanksgiving against the Dallas Cowboys. And it's why I go back to that moment that we had a few weeks ago with Jonathan Allen in the locker room expressing his frustration about things having to change. When you have one of your team captains, one of your team leaders, a highly productive player, a guy that's highly respected in this league, come out and be that vocal about what's going on behind the scenes in D.C., that lets new ownership know that we do have to make a change for change's sake. Kind of like what the Jets are doing with Zach Wilson and benching him for Tim Boyle. Nobody thinks that Tim Boyle is the answer, but we just want to see something different because we know that what we're doing right now ain't going to work. I feel like that's the point that ownership in Washington has gotten to now. They need to make a change at head coach for change's sake in order to send the message that we're going to hold people accountable and we're going to hold everyone to a higher standard because of what we aspire to. That's what has to happen with the Washington Commanders right now in order to maintain credibility as an organization in the eyes of your fan base, but also in the eyes of the guys in that locker room.
7: Think about how confident you have to be and the lack of ability in your opponent for you to relax like that and eat the turkey. This is the National Football League. Everybody out there is a professional. Think about how confident you have to be knowing America is watching, confident in the lack of talent in your opponent and the confidence in your team based on what you've seen on the football field for you to go ahead and do that.
4: Well, maybe the Colts or or Bucks will eat turkey or the Browns or Broncos on the sidelines on Sunday. You can tune in for a football doubleheader Sunday. Monday, as the Colts host the Bucks, followed by the Browns at the Broncos, coverage begins noon Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. Coming up, how do you fire a coach in season? We'll ask a former GM. Next, it's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio.
2: For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer.
3: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.
4: We are Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com for more information. Along with Chris Canty, Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you. Before we get into some NFL stuff with Mike Tannenbaum, of course, former NFL GM and part of our ESPN team. You'll see him at Get Up at 8 a.m. Eastern time on ESPN. We do have to ask Thanksgiving yesterday, star of the Tannenbaum Family, Thanksgiving, what was the star dish yesterday?
1: Well well first of all, I have Joe Buck Entrance Envy. I, I still feel like you know, Joe, Joe's entrance was, you know, a lot more demonstrative than <laughs> yeah. mine. So hey, we got a table. <laughs> yeah, There we go. There Mr. we go. T is there here. We
2: go. Let's go. Okay. There, there we, we go.
1: I got to tell you, it was the crab cake, Evan. You know, Ooh. the cra- crab yeah. cake. Yeah, wow. Yeah. yeah. Not
7: expecting that answer. Yeah.
1: No. Neither was I. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> I like Brock Purdy. You know, a little bit under the radar and comes out and That's just dominates. Like cuts right through. The, so efficient. Yeah. You know, cuts right through the turkey and the stuffing and the crab cake. There it is. Like almost like a seventh rounder. Like. Dominant yet understated. Wow! Now with we- oh. Mike uh, Brock Purdy comparison, was like this it. an appetizer
7: nice. or part of the main meal?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like it sort of blended. You know, <laughs> like it was a voluminous approach to the crab cake. So <laughs> I, I don't know if we could just label it one way.
7: Yeah, wow. don't try to put it in one box. Yeah, it's not crab,
2: Mr. crab cake. Very, very versatile in that way, Mike T. You know, in our business, the more you can do, exactly. Crab 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 cake. That you is, crab
4: cake is a versatile food. Excellent, well done. All right, we were talking about Ron Rivera and the possibility of him uh, getting ousted in Washington. Big picture, you've been in this seat before as a GM. How does an in-season coaching firing work?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, it, you know, it's tough. Like, this time of year, you know, it's just part of our business. I was part of a decision in 2015 when we hired uh, Dan Campbell. And you sit there with ownership and say, hey, is it going to get better? A, and then B, is there someone on the staff that could be, you know, part of the discussion long term? And I think, you know, Coach Rivera has done a really good job for a long time. Now, look, the dynamic there is Eric Bienemy was on the precipice of being a head coach multiple times, and um, Sam Howell has developed. Obviously, the sacks is a big issue, but knowing that you have Eric bien there, if I was an owner, that could be a factor in the decision-making. Mike T.,
2: the surprise of yesterday had to be the Packers-Lions game. I don't think anybody had it on the board that Green Bay was going to go in there on a short week and, and really dominate the game the way that they did, especially early on. Is your big? What's your biggest takeaway from that? Is it is it Jordan Love's development, or is it the Detroit Lions maybe not being as good as we thought they were? Yeah, you know, Chris, it's interesting. Uh, we we're talking earlier, like who would you rather have,
1: Jordan Love or Jared Goff? Right now, yeah. I would I would take Jordan Love, and I think part of it was I, I really thought he mm-hmm. would have played better earlier. But when you look at the surrounding skill players, guys from uh, from Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson. Musgrave, Reed, those guys are all young, and I think they're growing up together. But the plays he made yesterday, including that 30 yard run, was really consequential. And I don't think anybody's going to see this Packer team, especially when you consider yesterday they were missing Jair Alexander and Devondre Campbell on defense. So I think this team is coming, and I think Jordan Love's coming as well.
7: Wow, really good take there, Mike. I I wasn't expecting you to want to take Jordan Love over Jared Goff. Okay, well, let's talk about the Black Friday game that we're going to see today, the Dolphins and the Jets, and let's talk about the Jets quarterback. Not the one that we're going to see on the field, but Aaron Rodgers is still the Jets quarterback, right? Everything kind of runs through him, and he has said that he wants to return soon. He wants to return in early December, right, on his 40th birthday, and there's reports out there that regardless of the Jets' playoff situation, he still wants to return. If you know that he's your future moving forward – as a general manager, as the front office, how do you approach that conversation?
1: Yeah, I wouldn't let him come back. I'd just say, look, Aaron, let's really concentrate on September of 2024. America loves a comeback story. And we, we just – there's too much downside here. Like, look, it's great that you're defying science and coming back. But sometimes, like, our responsibility is to protect the athletes from themselves. And I just think there's just way too much risk, especially given the way their offensive line is. And there's so many questions there. I, I would not let them play.
7: They've given him a lot of power in that organization. When a front office does that or a coaching staff does that, how difficult is it to rein it back once you give them that runway?
1: Yeah, it's a very, very good question. And you could look at Alan Lazard. You could look at uh, Billy Turner, just as Randall Cobb. They have not worked out. And I think it's a very fine line, Michelle. It's It's a nuance to say, like, we love you. We care about you. We want you here. We want your input but we want you to play quarterback, not not run the team. And those three acquisitions have really basically been 0 for 3. So while we're trying to recruit you, um, you gotta, you got to let us do our job, and you got to trust us that we're going to put the best team around you possible.
4: Uh, well, i got to follow up on that. I'm with Mike tenabam here, of course, former GM, ESPN, NFL analyst. I'm being dead serious when I ask this. If they prevent Rodgers from playing and he wants to play, would he ask out after the season?
1: I mean, anything's possible with Aaron Rodgers. But again, Evan, I would just say to him, like, look, Aaron um, – The medical science is pretty clear over decades of of time. And now, look, things evolve. There's new sort of, like, obviously rehab, new procedures. I get all that. But, like, I think it would just be irresponsible for us to put you on the field three and a half months after having this, you know, consequential injury. So we need to protect you from yourself. We want to do what's right long term. Because imagine if you go out there and you get hurt. Like, we got to be prepared for that, and we're trying to protect you to make sure that doesn't happen.
2: Mike T., let's look at the late game from last night. The 49ers dominated the Seattle Seahawks. And, and I just got to ask a simple question. Are the 49ers the best team in football? I think so. You know, it's funny, guys. I was thinking about this. Like, if we were all playing a
1: game of poker, right, at the end of uh, the Dallas game, Dallas puts their cards in the middle the- Like, I got, I got a winning hand here. Anybody else in? And San Francisco comes in three hours late. Yeah, I see you, and I'm going to raise you. And, you know, Dallas looked exceptional, Chris. And then San Francisco came in and said, oh, we we see a Dallas, look what we can do. I don't think they have any holes. And I did the game two weeks ago um, when they were at Jacksonville. And San Francisco thought it was going to be a close game. And they dismantled them. And that was the first game after the Chase Young trade. And I think why that trade was so important is they could get home with four. That allows them to rush and play coverage. I don't see any holes in their team.
7: Mike, uh, let's look at, at an AFC North battle between the Steelers and the Bengals. That division has been really tough, but also been dealt with some really tough injury blows. But when you look at the Steelers and the Bengals, even with questions at quarterback, with Kenny Pickett in his play and Joe Burrow being removed from the equation in Cincinnati, which one of those teams do you have more confidence in moving forward?
1: I like Cincinnati. I like uh, Browning a lot. He played 53 games in college. I think he's going to play really well. I think Brian Callahan's going to get a ton of credit for the development and uh I just I have real concerns about Pittsburgh. I know they made the coordinator change. Um, maybe we'll get the more, ball more to George Pickens. I still like Cincinnati this year.
4: Mike, have you ever been involved in a must lose game? Because we got one. <laughs> we, got, we got a few of them actually this weekend. But specifically New England and the Giants. It's, I'm being serious. Have you ever been involved in a game where you, as a general manager, had job security
1: in that spot and you knew it is better for us long term for us to lose? I can't say that I have, but I understand your point. But you know what's amazing to me, guys? Like we're talking about. Two of the greatest franchises, the New York Giants and the New England Patriots. And Will Greer got first-team reps this week. Like three quarterbacks for the mighty Patriots got first-team reps. And they're favored against Tommy DeVito. It's remarkable that we're talking about the Giants and the Patriots. Great. Also, yeah, wonderful. Uh, wait, one <laughs> quick thing on that. We were talking about the coordinators. If I gave
4: you – giving you a new team right now. You're the general manager, and you have to hire one of these three guys to be your offensive, co- offensive coordinator. Matt Patricia – Nathaniel Hackett or Matt Canada Who are you hiring to be your offensive coordinator Mike? I'm going Matt Patricia Just cause uh, I, <laughs> That's I, what CC said, yeah. CC said the same thing Think <laughs> about that for a second, how bad those other Two must be, that's remarkable
1: Yeah, look Matt's a smart guy that's been productive in this league I, what, what can I tell you? <laughs> Both of you are like, uh, we don't want to
4: say this, that part out loud, but man, are those two other guys just awful. All right, is there a team that we should keep an eye on? Last thing here with Mike Tannenbaum, is there a team that we should keep an eye on that is hovering that you either think one of two things, they may make the playoffs outside looking in, or they make may make a run to the Super Bowl outside looking in?
1: Yeah, I think Buffalo could still win the AFC East. I think they beat Philadelphia this week. I think Philadelphia Ooh. has a letdown. They're at, they beat Kansas City, big emotional win, short week, holiday and is going to be the more desperate team. And they have the game in hand already with Miami. So that if that game comes down to a one-game season, um, I think Von Miller's going to have to play a little bit better. But Ed Oliver's coming. Rasul Douglas, I think, was an important trade. So I actually think that uh, Buffalo has a chance to win the division.
4: Mike Tannenbaum, you'll see him on Get Up at 8 a.m. Eastern Time. Former NFL GM, crab cake compared to Brock Purdy this morning by Mr. T. You can't do any better than that. Thank you so much. Coming up, we will dive into that must-lose game this weekend next on Sportsman Like ESPN Radio.
5: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P unsportsmanlike. We
4: all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. We are on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. So, you know, when our teams on this show match up, theoretically it should be fun. We should maybe do fun bets or bits or whatever it may be. (laughs) But then you realize when two of your teams match up and both are in a must-lose situation, it ain't as fun as it used to be. Giants, CeCe's team, Patriots, my team. But by the way, there are more games you could look at across the NFL this weekend and ask yourself, is it a must-lose? Rams and Cardinals, must-lose? Now, I know that the Panthers don't have their pick, but Panthers and Titans, must-lose scenario? Yes, CC, we are saying not a must-win, a must-lose. That is now a thing in the NFL, nothing that I don't believe you ever played in, but I'm sure the players are all aware of this, that they know that their franchises are better off if they lose. How messed up is it that we are
2: in this world right now in a must-lose situation? Yeah, I hate it here, Ev. I don't want to be here as a Giants fan, but the reality is for this franchise to get off the mat, you, you got to have somebody that can be a difference maker, a culture changer at the most important position in all of team sports. And as as solid as Daniel Jones has been in the Brian Daybol era of Giants football, they need more from the quarterback position. And we realized it after last season, even though they won a playoff game, We knew it wasn't sustainable to consistently be a playoff team when your quarterback throws 15 touchdown passes. The claim to fame for your quarterback can't be the fact that he doesn't turn the ball over and that he can run really well in zone read schemes. It's got to be this guy can be a difference maker. This guy can drop it in a bucket 30 yards downfield outside of the numbers. That's what you're looking for. We don't get that consistently enough from Daniel Jones. Uh, I think that this Giants organization could use a spark. And if you're able to get Caleb Williams or Drake May, that would be that spark now. I think according to our FBI, we have a 12% chance of getting the number one overall pick. I'm sure that would go up if we lose to the New England Patriots this weekend.
7: So in looking at this matchup, I viewed it through the lens of which one of my teammates' teams needs to lose more? Right. Which team needs to be more desperate? And guys, as the great Tony La Russa would say, it feels tied for first. It feels like both your teams are on the same level of awful in so many ways of a once-proud <laughs> franchise, and both of them equally are desperate and, need to, and needing to so lose what this are you, game.
4: So what are you asking us to do? Are you asking us each to argue on behalf of our team as yes. to why? it's more of a must lose than the other t- I don't even understand the math on this yeah. are, we, are we arguing that's why we need to
7: win or lose lose here? why do you need to lose more is the question but that's then saying that our
4: franchise is in worse Correct. position than the other because franchise because that's what we're
7: talking about a must lose which franchise is it more of a must lose for <sighs>
4: CeCe, you want to start on this because this is hard. I don't know if I want to do That's this.
7: I couldn't figure it out. Which team needs more? I don't want to do this. This
2: is. I'm not enjoying this at all. This not great. This is, this <laughs> I was is just not, curious. This is painful. This is not great. This is not great. I would say this: the the Patriots have had more success in recent <laughs> years than the Giants have. Okay. I so it's more I, of a I, must lose for you. Yeah, I feel like it's more of a must lose for us. I, I mean, you know, talk, you're talking about this Giants organization making the playoffs what twice. Since 2011 Super Bowl run, they made it in 2016. They made it last year. That's not great. <laughs> I mean, at least you could say that your franchise won a Super Bowl in 2018. They've been in the playoffs. You know, I, I guess it was. Oh no, I can't be, complain about the Patriots. Yeah, that's success. what I'm saying. Like, I, I uh, so it. in terms of the level of desperation, when you look at the complete body of work, not just this year, but the totality of the last several years, it's by far and away the New York Giants, which is why I think Ev. You guys should do us a solid and make sure that you win this game on Sunday.
4: Okay, I need your help then on this. On a must-lose Sunday. On a sportsman <laughs> uh, I need help is. on this. As somebody that wants Belichick back, what am I rooting for? Am I rooting for them to hover and get close to, not playoffs, but close to 500 and win games? Or am I rooting for them to lose and then him to sell craft on like, hey, I'm the guy to develop Caleb Williams or Drake May. What do I need to root for then?
7: I think you need to root for a loss because it feels like this iteration of the Bill Belichick Patriots is not going anywhere fast, but that he might be able to spin it forward if he has what is viewed to be a transformational quarterback moving forward. Because... You're not going to win any games with Mac Jones next season. You're not – what else is Robert Kraft going to be able to look at based on this version of the Patriots to say we should bring Belichick back? So
4: you think losing helps Belichick? I
7: think losing helps him. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's the way I see it.
4: CeCe?
2: I think losing makes it clear and obvious that the Patriots should move on from Belichick. I don't think he's going to fix it. I, I don't. They've been outside looking at the playoffs three of the last four years, and you're talking about them having losing records three of the last four years. Why, why should I have any degree of confidence that Bill Belichick is going to be able to get the program back off the ground? I, I just – I don't. You know, he's the second oldest coach in the National Football League. It'd be one thing if it was trending in the right direction, but it's not. Rip the Band-Aid off. Let him go wherever he wants to go. Get new blood in there. Fresh set of eyes. Somebody in the front office. Somebody at the head coach spot. Separation of church and state when it comes to the powers within the organization – Get a head coach, general manager tandem that can work in lockstep in rebuilding this team. Because I do think this is a multi-year rebuild. This is not a microwave situation. Just drop the quarterback in and everything is going to be better. The Patriots have a lot of things they've got to fix. And I don't know that Bill Belichick is the one to fix them. So if I were you, Ev, I would be rooting for my team to lose too. Which makes this a very, very tricky game on Sunday.
4: <laughs> a must-lose game on Sunday. 888-SAY-ESPN, 8 8, 888 7, 7, That's the telephone number to jump in on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Who has the biggest must-lose this weekend? <laughs> Plus best... Thanksgiving leftover meal. Smalls is out on leftovers. CC is giving you all of the ham and Hawaiian roll sandwiches that he's going to have today. I'm
2: giving First you some. First one ma- was excellent by the way. Oh, you already
4: had one? Oh, you had, I already
2: it. had one. <laughs> I already had one. I already had one it was great. It was great. Now did you just and I, and do I, and the and bread I'm mad, and, the ham? and I'm mad cuz Pat Pat peeped it. Pat the producer peeped it. When I came back from the break, I was picking something out of my teeth and he said you already did it didn't you wow that's, that's really, that's so awesome. good. wow good job so by good. you good now, job now, by you
7: real quick did you just do the bread and the meat or did you have any condiments work in there
2: no i was just the bread and the meat i okay. wasn't there i didn't have time to put the the cheese on there pop it into my i didn't have time for all of that so it was just the bread with the with the ham and boom Make magic happen. It was outstanding. Unbelievable. Of course, you can
4: jump in on the Dr. Pepper call online. 8 at 8, say ESPN. The best leftovers day after Thanksgiving. Of course, uh, ESPN Nation and the Dr. Pepper call online presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper. The ones fans deserve. Uh, Bill in Virginia watching on ESPN2. What's up, Bill? Hey, how's it going, guys? What's up, Billy?
5: Well, um, just want to let Candy know that my wife had the uh, Hawaiian rolls and ham for breakfast right before she went to work. <laughs> Hello.
4: Now, oh, am I okay? Wait a minute. Yeah. Go I- ahead. No, I was going gonna- to ask a follow up. I didn't know if you were being serious or not, so I'll just stay away from it. No, I'm dead serious. Okay. She has
5: it. She has it every year after Thanksgiving before she goes to work and all. I I made it home just in time after surgery and everything for Thanksgiving yesterday dinner. So. Uh, uh, Everything was great just Bill, like everybody Bill, else, though. So.
7: You had surgery or you performed surgery?
5: No, I had surgery on my foot, and, oh. I, and I got home about two hours before dinner.
7: Oh, my gosh. You had foot surgery
4: on Thanksgiving? Actually, actually.
5: No, I had the surgery the day before Thanksgiving, and they kept me over. I was supposed to come home, but they kept me over, and I got home about two hours before dinner. Well, what,
2: what is that's happening? That's right. actually that's actually not a bad game plan, though. That's <laughs> well played by you because you have surgery on Thanksgiving Eve. You come home on Thanksgiving Day. People have to wait on your hand and foot, and they just have to fix you your plates and bring you everything you need. It's not a bad way to go, and you get to watch football all day. Yeah, and nobody nobody can ask listen. you to do anything because you you have you're disabled right now no so, I mean, dishes I, for bill I, exactly that's not necessarily a, that's, a, that's not necessarily a sneaky good gameplay ladies and sneaky gentlemen chris good.
4: canty will not be with us in the next segment i'll be on the phone with his doctor scheduling a surgery next year on the wednesday before thanksgiving
2: no don't say that man don't jinx it i don't want to yeah. have any more surgeries man I was gonna don't, say, put has he had enough? don't put that out there in the universe ev i don't need that all right my bad
4: uh john in florida listening on sirius xm80 what's up john Hey guys, great show! Uh, my, my
6: favorite is, is, of course, a wine roll, but a, any roll will do if you don't have one. It's turkey with a little salt and pepper on it. It's just oh, that that just takes a spot, hits a spot
2: right there. Just but, just plain hey, a turkey, Washington. salt and
4: pepper roll, no condiment, no cheese, nothing like that. Well,
2: with- passion, drive, and patience—the formula for winning championships—is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance.
0: Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
4: With a little little
6: mayo. (laughs) mayo. I'm not mad at that. I'm a a, a Washington fan, and it's, you know, Ron Rivera has helped us get to this point right now where we ended the Dan Snyder era, and and it's sad to say that, yes, he needs to go. Um, I don't know if you do it now or if you wait to the end of the season, but I think... Last year, when Dan Snyder sold the team right before the draft, we knew as fans that this was going to be a tough year, but that was our Super Bowl getting rid of Dan Snyder as our owner. So we were willing to deal with that, and I think the enemy is in the right spot to where he's, he can be assessing what's there right now, and if this new ownership really likes him, and I hope they do, they go ahead and give him the reins, whether it's sometime this season or next year, and look at this new draft with these guys, uh, a new collection of coaches with the enemy.
4: Totally understood, and thanks for the phone call. But CC was the first to point it out, and Smalls clarified this whole thing, and I think that this is something that we need to look at. When you say the ownership evaluating, or the evaluating the team, well, what if the ownership is evaluating the <laughs> Because based on what he's done for them... It ain't that good, which is what CC has pointed out. Smalls drew the divide of, well, are you hiring the former Chiefs assistant coach or are you hiring the current Washington assistant coach? Because, CC, if they're evaluating him, as you've pointed out, like, that's not pretty.
2: No, and it's hard to give him the benefit of the doubt with as ugly as it's been. Now, you can make the argument that you've got an unproven commodity at quarterback. That's all well and good. But when you have a quarterback that's been sacked 55 times, in 12 games, and an offense that's giving it away more than anybody in football? Like, to me, those are fundamental issues that everybody has blame in, including the offensive coordinator. When you can't protect your quarterback, that's a problem. You know another problem? Not targeting Terry McLaurin and getting him to football. That's an issue, too. He's your best player on the offensive side of the ball. How about you throw him to football a little bit more? I just... There are some things that happen that are head scratches with that Washington Commanders offense, and I have a hard time giving bien a pass and saying that he's a good offensive coordinator simply because he had success with Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid out in Kansas City. Matt Nagy had success with Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid out in Kansas City, and he was in Chicago, didn't go so well as a head coach. Now he's back in Kansas City with Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid. All I'm simply saying is this, not to take anything away from his resume and what he's done as an assistant coach, but based on what I've seen on the offensive side of the ball with the Washington Commanders and how many issues that they've had when it comes to the fundamentals of the sport, it's hard for me to have any confidence that Eric Bieniemy would fare any better than Ron Rivera has this season as the Commanders head coach.
4: We will get more on that, including and leftovers. Obviously, best Thanksgiving leftovers. Some of the games from yesterday and the must lose games this weekend at eight 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 say ESPN coming up. But it is the day after Thanksgiving, which means Christmas season for many has begun. Which means it's time to buy a Christmas tree, not a fake one a real one. The fake ones are not actually Christmas trees. Buy a real one. And if you want to help save the American Christmas tree farmer, which I assume you do, and I assume you've actually never gone to buy a Christmas tree thinking about the American Christmas tree farmer, well, I'm here to tell you that you should think about that because you need to get real and keep it real this holiday season by buying real Christmas trees. Buying fake Christmas trees means American farmers could actually lose their job. Why is that? Well, if you're buying the fake ones, there's nothing for them to plant, to grow, and to get to you guys for those real real, true holiday memories. You know, when you smell the tree, when you touch the tree, when you feel it, there are plenty of other benefits towards buying real Christmas trees, like creating those real, authentic holiday memories and they're safer for the environment. Buy real Christmas trees at Lowe's or wherever Christmas trees are sold and get more information online. Plus, participate in cool contests at GetRealKeepItReal.com. Get Real, Keep it real.com. Get real Keep it real.com Get your real Christmas trees today.
3: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.
4: Presented by Progressive Insurance. Chris Candy, Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you. Pat Costello, our producer, day after Thanksgiving, day after the Packers upset the Lions, the Cowboys beat up on the Commanders, and the Niners take full control of the NFC West with their win against Seattle. Pat tells us all the things he's over today.
8: Oh, Normally you'd normally say, oh, Pat?
4: Oh, sorry. In, oh, can Pat? we try it again? Oh what? What did yeah, I say yeah, that was out, wrong? Do it again. Oh, Pat,
8: thank you. <laughs> uh, the first thing is halftime what? shows.
3: <laughs> oh,
8: I'm over them. I don't need them. They add nothing to the game. Not even at the Super Bowl, Pat. They do nothing for me. They're a waste of my time. Can we just
4: get back to the game, please? I, I find it hard to believe that Dolly Parton did nothing for you yesterday, nothing. Pat. Don't need it.
2: Okay. Everybody was loving Pardon, Dolly I, I, it was nice to see Dolly. She put on the Cowboys cheerleader uniform. Nice. It was good to see Dolly flexing at 77 years old, still looking like a dish. That was cool. I I was I was watching it still and saying good. Like for, a dish. Look, I was like watching it. Good for you, Dolly, that you're up there doing that and you're you're leaning into it. Good that you're owning it. But at the same time, I was like, please don't fall, Dolly, on stage. She oh. kept grabbing the star that they had in the middle of the the stage that they set up for. I just wanted to make sure that Dolly didn't fall in that situation. But overall, I think I'm with Pat on this one. I, I I don't know if I necessarily need the halftime show. I I get it. It's it's something to draw in the casual sports entertainment fan, but as a die-hard football fan, I don't think I need it. Especially and here's the here's the thing I know I don't need, the low budget that they had for Jack Harlow's halftime show in the Motor City with the Detroit Lions. That was awful. I Like, I missed it in real time, went back and watched it. Yeah, no, it looked like somebody brought a camping tent out there to <laughs> pretend it was an igloo, and they put a tarp that was white on the ground, acting like it was snow. And you know what? For good measure, they added one of those $10 fog machines. That's what it looked like for Jack Harlow's halftime show at Ford Field. Probably could have done without all of that, dog.
7: okay. You guys might have issue with it on Thanksgiving, and I understand because it's not quite to the scale of the Super Bowl, but you guys cannot sit here and tell me that you do not stay locked in to the Super Bowl halftime show.
4: Yeah, I'm in on that. It depends.
2: Depends who it is. Depends on who's performing. Really?
8: Yeah. Like, when it was the weekend a couple years, I was like, I don't, this is not good, and I'm going to walk away.
2: Now, if you got Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg and 50 Cent, okay, that's different. I'm I'm, I'm, going to watch that. I'm going to watch that. That was a good Super Bowl show. Beyonce, also, outstanding Super Bowl performance. Rihanna, outstanding Super Bowl performance. I I don't, they're, they're hit or miss with me, Smalls. I don't have to be locked in on everyone. It depends on the artist.
7: It's just such a part of the show and such yeah. a part of our culture and what makes that day such an entertainment spectacular. I Even if I don't like the artist, or I'm not that excited about them being the one that's chosen to perform, I'm going to watch it because I want to be a part of the social commentary.
4: I guys. agree. Like when, I the niners, when the Niners go to Vegas <laughs> this year and win the Super Bowl, which they will, uh, I don't care if I like or don't like Usher. I'm still watching halftime. I you feel know, like you, you have who like to. Who
2: doesn't like Usher? Everybody loves Usher.
4: Everybody likes Usher. I bet you so, Pat <laughs> does not like Usher.
7: Pat? I like Usher. My dad Thank met you, my dad. Exactly. Met Usher who doesn't like Usher. Excuse me. Did you say your no. dad met Usher? Yeah, at a no, ski
8: lodge. He didn't know who he was though.
7: Story, please explain. No, did your dad was,
8: have any Usher bucks? No. That, I was like, wait. How come? Why aren't we best friends with Usher right now? He met him at a ski lodge because uh, he was walking through when they were shooting a music video, and he was like, "Oh, sorry, you can't come through here." Uh, Usher shooting a music video, and uh, Usher walked by him, and my dad was like, "I don't. Sorry, I don't know who you are." And Usher was like, "It's cool."
7: Did they take a photo?
4: No. Oh, My dad didn't know who wow. he was. He didn't know he was famous. No, it was just like an usher at the, at the Phillies game is what he what That he is imagined. such a parent
7: move. <laughs> hey, wow. I met somebody famous today. Who? It's usher.
4: <laughs> usher, baby. What else, Pat?
8: Uh, speaking of Las Vegas, I'm really tired of seeing this Las Vegas sphere I don't get it. I don't know what it's for. I don't know the purpose of it. I keep seeing it all over social media with different like funny meme things on it. It's stupid and it seems like it's a terrible business model because they've lost a hundred million
4: dollars. Like, can we just stop with the Vegas fear thing? Well, it's a concert venue that is supposed to have this ridiculous like, backgrounds to it, right? And like, it feels like you're all different places when they put the different things on the screen. It's like
7: an incubator when yeah. you're inside of it.
4: I mean, everybody says it's unbelievable. Well, of course, they're going to lose $100 million right away because the idea of like, paying for that is obviously absurd. But I've only heard good reviews. Am I wrong on that? I feel like everybody who's gone there has actually loved it. It's not your money. What do you care? I feel it like everybody talk
2: money. I feel like everybody talks about it. It's like uh, it's a part of the, the 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 I guess the spectacle that is Las Vegas. But but I'm with Pat on this one. I don't quite understand what the purpose of it was. Like it never really felt like a good investment. I don't know. It's just, isn't James Dolan the one that built the sphere? He is. Isn't oh, it, it makes
8: sense though then.
2: Exactly. That, that that actually makes it make sense. It's like after, we, after what we talked about yesterday with Jim Ursay and the at-risk white billionaires, this is just another one of those instances where I get upset at my dad for not leaving me a ton of cash. It's another one of those.
4: I would like to ask Nick fans' worst investment for Dolan, the Sphere, or like Jerome James when they gave him a huge contract back in the day. Like, I mean, he's had some pretty bad investments historically.
7: Can you imagine being an heir to a fortune and you get to have conversations with people like, all right, try this on for size. What if we build a big dome <laughs> in Vegas and it's got all these different screens on it and then people actually have the capital around you to make stuff like that happen? be a pretty fun life
2: could be a great life smalls It'd be a great life
8: <laughs> what else pat i think air fryers are really overrated oh. i don't oh I don't, i'm just oh, no. like i'm not in on the air fryer. No, i have no. an air fryer i use pat, it for some things but there no. are way better ways pat, to cook tread stuff. lightly
7: let me tell you I'm, something you don't want to disrupt two groups of people out there the bay and the air fryer crew okay those people will come for you it is a part of their identity my friend
4: the air fryer just seems good at everything, right? It's like, oh, you need to toast a bagel, you could do that. You need to make like chicken fingers for the kids, you could do that. Like, there's just like it the has air
2: fryer is a five-tool player. Exactly, it it. he can do it. He can do it all. Are he we saying the average, air fryer is power, Mike, is he Mike run, Trout? He can hit. He can throw. He can no, do it. No, because we do know about
7: the air fryer. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen that have success. Small's
4: taking shots. So so far today, we have comps of a crab cake to Brock Purdy and an air fryer to Mike Trout.
7: I think yeah. the yeah. air Fryer is more like uh, Steph Curry you know he can win championships in basketball he's an amazing golfer whatever that guy does he's great at it
4: I don't know about that that's uh, right five to a player that's not necessarily describing Steph in that regard we're on sportsmen like on ESPN radio.
3: Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.
0: Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America.